Come on, let's give the Lord praise all over this house. Come on, lift up your voice, lift up your hands, lift up, lift up your praise. Praise the name of the Lord. As you're turning to Genesis chapter number one, verse number two. I want to reiterate again how much of a privilege it is to be here in Jonesboro, Georgia, and uh, for feeling as comfortable as I felt this morning, and I uh, thank this church for that, and uh, all the kind words that were said, and uh, getting to know the Frenches a little bit better over lunch. Uh, one thing that they do well is they do pick lunch well, and um, I'm just more and more, I'm just impressed. I'm impressed at his whole family. I'm impressed at the leadership and um, just uh, the humility of a man that I feel like could walk around the world boasting. If anybody has a right to boast, I feel it's your pastor, but the uh, humility of him is just, just mind-boggling. And all his children, everything. And just what a tremendous touch of God. If you'll just let me tonight follow the Holy Ghost. I want to start this before I read in your text. And I hope I have everybody's attention. Oftentimes when I go places, God will begin to set feelings and, and, and things on me. That will almost consume my attention, the way that I feel, and a lot of times it will come across as almost a hole in my stomach. And I began to pray, really feel after the Lord, especially as we were worshiping, just really feeling after the Holy Ghost. And I've been trying to understand one particular thing that I have just kind of felt since I got here. I'm not an ooky spooky guy, but the way that God deals with me is a lot of times he'll give me an illustration of what I'm feeling to try to give me more clarity of it. The only way that I can describe what I feel is that there is a man all by himself standing holding a light, holding a candle. And there is a group of things that are approaching that one man and they're piling body upon body trying to reach the light that that one man is holding. And every time that they pile a little bit higher, the man holds the light a little bit higher. And all I could feel and all I can feel now is that this church, for some reason, is a beacon that is standing in the darkness of the night. And while the world and all the things that are happening around it are trying to encroach upon what we have here, I feel like there needs to be an all-out mentality and a mindset from this people that is here that we're not going to have less of anything. We're not going to have less prayer. and We're not going to have less worship. And we're not going to have less consecration. And we're not going to have... We're not going to have less of anything, but I kind of feel that this place needs a militant spirit that will lift the light a little bit higher. Come on, there, there's a purpose 
Genesis chapter number one, verse number two. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And for just a little bit with the help of the Lord and hopefully with your help a little bit tonight, I want to preach to you on this subject, creative acoustics. Creative acoustics. You may be seated tonight. Thank you for standing. I want to preface this sermon tonight, preface where I feel the Lord is wanting me to go, by saying that in the hotel this afternoon, as I was reflecting and reading and studying, I began to feel the need to begin to go through old notes. As I began to flip through the pages electronically of yesterday's notes and yesterday's notations that were remarking upon significant times, thoughts, and ideas that God had given me, I came upon one that was exactly two years ago today that God began to deal with me in prayer. The premise of what I began to feel that God was impressing upon me in prayer is that it was a challenge. It was, if it were to say, it was in some ways almost a rebuke to me from God. It was a deep moment of personal consecration, a deep moment to where God caused me to reflect upon the path that I was walking, the path that I was choosing. What God began to say to me almost verbatim and what was impressed into my spirit was that God did not call me to direct the wind. He called me to preach the word of God. That may not mean anything to you, but what that meant to me is that we have become a culture of Pentecost that is getting a little more comfortable with learning how to direct the wind and trying to create a movement and an atmosphere of God. We are becoming, I believe, a generation that is finding it easier to provoke an emotional response from people that are listening than it is to get up having had the consecration of God's word and saying, thus saith the word of the Lord. I believe that more than any time that we've ever lived before, we need the direct word from God again in the midst of the people. I love good music and I love good worship and I love good praise. But my God, don't ever take away the unadulterated, pure word of God. Come on, pastor, preach it to me straight. Tell me what you heard in the prayer meeting. If it's a little bit of a chastising, then chastise me. But I want to be changed by the word of the Lord. We are becoming experts at learning how to circumvent the required consecration that is required. Oh, I'm just going to go ahead and preach it like I feel. I, I'm just going to preach it like I'm preaching to a couple thousand people tonight. I, I've come to say that maybe, just maybe, if we begin to be honest with ourselves, it's easier to elicit an emotional response than a change of a heart that says, if that's what God says, then I'm going to do it. Oh, somebody help me tonight. 
You see, if I was going to be honest with you, the time that God began to speak that to me in prayer, it was, let me just be transparent with you. I knew that no matter where I went, no matter what I preached, the venue that I was in, that I could get a move of the Holy Ghost in their eyes. Oh, I'm going to get real, real honest and step maybe on my own toes. I knew that I could produce results. I knew the hot buttons. I I knew the right things to say. I, I knew the right dynamics that would drive them. But, but I'm going to begin to tell you that, honey, we don't need us to direct the wind. We need people that know how to get a word from the Lord. Is anybody interested in a word from God? I'm going to ask that question again. Is anybody interested in a word from the Lord? I wish somebody would show that you're interested in a word from God. Hey, I worship during the music, but God, I need a word from heaven. So tonight I want to take you on a very specific journey. Backwards through history, which is a sequential timeline of yesterday's to The very point where time and space meet, Genesis, the beginning. As I have emphasized prior times and many of the things that I have preached, we are confronted with what I believe to be the introductory verses that has culminated in Genesis chapter 2, verse number 1. But theology aside, the Bible said that the earth was without form and it was void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit. God moved upon the face of the waters and God said, let there be light and there was light. We are confronted with two things. Number one, the earth was without form and void and darkness covered the face of the earth. We are confronted with, in a sense, the only way that I can describe this in the vernacular that I understand is that we are confronted with the primordial liquid that envelops mass and matter for God will begin to cause out of what is existing presently in The narrative that we read, it will cause things to appear and come out of that which is there. And so the further that you go, the further you come to realize that creation was a process of function being given to the dynamics that would begin to propagate life. And then God begins to introduce the idea of differentiation, light from darkness, waters from the waters above, land from sea, plant Life and vegetable life, day from night, conscious and unconscious life, life in the air, life in the water, and then culminating the apex of all creation, male and female. All of this differentiation, this division, this activity of creation, and we never find an instance where the Spirit of the Lord stops moving until I believe that day of cessation, the Sabbath in which the Bible said, and the Spirit of God, he ceased from all the work that he had made. And so I believe that the picture, if you'll just follow with me this evening, that we are confronted with is a frenetic form of movement. It is the fluttering, the 
hovering, the brooding of God over the earth that is there, all that is happening under his proverbial wings. In fact, the Hebrew that is represented there of the brooding, the hovering that is present is indicative of, of a mother eagle or a bird that is hovering over the, the nest that is have the eggs that are in the nest. And it is, it is feathering and fanning and creating an atmosphere that will become suitable for life to be birthed out of. It will produce the right temperature. It will produce the right dynamics and the right environment that life could be produced from. And so the flutter, the movement, the activity, and yet everything that we read hinges upon one dynamic thing, and that is articulation. In other words, you can have a move of God, but if there's not the divine articulation, honey, I'm not interested in coming in and saying, I felt the presence of the Lord, but nothing was changed in my life. I want to hear a creative word from God. Oh, somebody help me tonight. I want to come to the house of the Lord and know that God spoke to my circumstance. That God spoke to my man of God. That God spoke to my family. That he spoke to my problem. I don't want to just come in and say, wow, what a tremendous, what a tremendous move of the Holy Ghost. I got a little bit ruffled. I got a little bit perturbed. But my God, give me a sure word from God. I want to leave with something I can hang my hat on at night. I'm telling you right now, the, the emotion of the touch is going to fail. But honey, I'm still living on some words that I got as a seven-year-old child. Time has not separated me from the enduring, salvific power of the word of a living God that was spoken. That's why I believe every time your ministry comes to the pulpit with a word, you had better been praying, God, create a shelf inside of me that you can put the word upon. I don't want it to have a shallow ledge. I want it to have a deep ledge. I want to hear my pastor preach to me. I want to hear my ministers preach to me. I need a word from the Lord. Oh, come on, I'm going to preach. You know what? I got a whole lot of elders in this room that are saying, yes, yes, yes. That's what we're losing. We got a whole bunch of young people that are saying, make sound effects, make something cool, act cool, dress cool, put on funky socks. But honey, give me a word from the Lord. Give me a word from God. You see, movement without articulation is nothing more than a stirring. I don't want to stir the pot and never feel the change. Oh, come on, somebody. I feel liberty trying to break into this house. I want to hear from God. I, I don't want to just be stirred and nothing ever be changed in me. Second Peter 3 and 5 says, For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of the Lord the heavens were of old and the earth 
standing out of the water and in the water. Second Peter 3 and 7. But the heavens and the earth which are now. Somebody shout now. By the same word. Honey, listen to me. Not by another word. Not by a repeated word. Not by a reiterated word. But by the same exact initial word are kept in store. Why are you worried about tomorrow if the same word that spoke all this into existence is holding it all together? Woo! The same word. He didn't have to say it twice. But when he said it, it worked and it's still working. That's why you don't need to change this gospel. You don't need to change this message. He spoke it once. It'll surpass all generations. Oh, somebody lift up their voice. Praise the Lord. Psalm 33 and 6, it's all right tonight. I know it's a little different than this morning. I hope it's all right. Uh, Psalm 33 and 6, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the hosts of them by the breath. the breath of his mouth boy I'd like to kind of feel the breath of God on the back of my neck speaking to the problems of my life if he could speak the world into existence what do you think he could do to my circumstance Psalm 33 and 9 goes on to say for he spake and it was done (laughs) brother French he, he spake And it was done to a microwave generation. You ought to get a hold of this kind of God. He spoke, ding, it was done. Come on, I know we like things fast. But honey, you're not going to get anything faster than God opening up his mouth and saying sin, no. Sickness, no. Health, yes. Come on, somebody in a microwave generation, he's still the quickest. He's still the fastest. He's still. Come on, shout unto God. He spake and it was done. Oh, I feel faith in this place right now. He spake. Somebody shout right now, God, talk to me. It was done. He commanded and it stood fast. How long did it take? Oh, somebody hear me. Psalm 148 and 5, let them praise. You need a reason to praise him? I'll give you one right now. Let them praise the name of the Lord. Why? For he commanded. And they were created. Oh, listen to me. There was no talk back. There was no argument. There was no disagreement. There was no wait a second. There was no give me a moment. But when God opened up his mouth and said let it be done. It was done and it's still here today. Honey there is no thing that couldn't withstand. 
Let them praise the name of the Lord because he commanded and it stood fast. It's amazing to me, you can be seated, that one translation, a definition of the word articulation. Everybody say articulation is the state. Now, I'm real nervous right now getting into definitions and translations with, 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 with the doctor on the platform. I'm getting a little nervous. I was nervous when I got here, Bishop. The state of being jointed, a jointed state or formation. And so the jointedness or the coming together of creation is hinged upon voice production. Hebrews 11.3 said, through faith we understand and we understand that the worlds were framed. That word framed, if I'm right, literally means perfectly jointed together. Let's go back to what articulation means. It is the state of being jointed. In other words, the worlds were framed by divine articulation. The jointedness of the world was made possible through a hot breath. A God that opened up his mouth and said, let there be, let there be, let there be, let there be, let there be. Hebrews 4 and 12, if I haven't convinced you about how powerful the word of God is, yet you're in the wrong place. Hebrews 4 and 12 said, for the word of God is quick. Come on, microwave generation. Come on, Taco Bell line. The word of God is quick. Zow, it's living. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's powerful, piercing even to the dividing, which tells me that divine articulation not only does it joint together, but it can break asunder it can build you up and tear down your sin it can lift you up and tear down the enemy's kingdom I just kind of have in my own humble uh, uh, capricious way this idea that that double, double edged sword will lift me and cut him it'll bind him and loose me I'm telling you God is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart that devil when I first found him was falling when I find him again Jesus said he's falling when you get to the end of the book there's a bottomless pit where he's all always going to be falling but my God lifts me my God builds me my God corrects me my God changes me oh somebody would you clap would you just try to just give God a little bit more of what he's deserving of and so We are literally dominated. Yeah, we're dominated by a central dynamic of creative articulation. The central and most basic fundamental thought of Genesis is summed up in three little words that we don't even hardly pay attention to any longer. And God said... I'm going to say that again until it excites us. And God said. And God. Not Buddha. 
not Muhammad, not your mother-in-law, not your father-in-law, not your problem, not the devil, but God. Eleven characters in, in the Hebrew, in two Hebrew words, these words are the single most powerfully concentrated emphasis of power that we have ever known. These words stand as the primal constant in the continuity of life as we know it without the causation of those three simple words. Life would not exist. Everything depends upon God said. So why is it any less now? Oh! Not I felt, not I was touched, but oh, I heard, I heard, I heard, I heard direction, I heard a word, I heard change, I heard spoken dominion into my life. Am I losing you? Come on. Well, it's important for us to know what God said. I'm going to submit that the activity of God saying (laughs) presents enough depth that all the volumes of the books in the world could not express the infinite dimensions of that statement and God said. Do you realize the implications and the ramifications and the impact of that very concept Of a God that is eternal, almighty, incomprehensible. That at that very instant the only word that I can use pre-time was hovering. Trembling. Anticipating pre-creational activity. And then light. How quickly, I wonder, did that commandment of light take place have you ever wondered this how quickly did it take place was it one yaktosecond one septillionth of a second that the articulated commandment of God took place perhaps it was in what is called one unit of plank time which is the time it takes for light to travel in a vacuum it's interesting to me that plank time is also called a god Unit. Once again, let there be, and there was. 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 Not wait, not hold on. Let there be, and there was. Which tells me that God can speak into a city and what was is no longer which tells me that God can speak to an addiction of what was is no longer that tells me that God can speak into a health problem and what was is no longer present with them somebody clap your hands unto the Lord but you see but the French I'm not just interested in how fast it happened. I kind of wonder what it sounded like 
What did God's voice sound like? in the acoustics of empty and void. What did it sound like, Bishop, in the vacuum that was present to him? What did the voice of God sound like? Some of you have heard this voice spoken into the same situation of your life. You know what it sounds like when light is introduced into the darkness, the emptiness, and the waste of your life. But I wonder what it sounded like then. Perhaps Psalm 29 and 3 gives us a little clarity. I hope you're comfortable with me reading a whole lot of scriptures tonight. I hope that we're still okay with that in an apostolic church. Give me the word of God. Maybe it was kind of like this. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. Why would you not come tonight and not want to hear from God if it's powerful, if it's full of majesty, if it's almighty, if it thundereth, if it causeth the hide the hinds to calve, if it maketh the mountains to skip, give me a word from God. But what's amazing to me, you could talk all day long about what maybe it sounded like, but it's amazing to me that there is no sound in space. Because space is a vacuum that has no air. And sound requires air. So I just kind of wonder in my my building block childish mentality of studying God's word. If that's kind of what God was doing by hovering and fluttering his proverbial wings. Was he was creating the atmosphere that would catch the articulated word from God and carry it into the present that we live in and it never skip a beat. Oh, I kind of wonder if that's what he was really doing. I kind of wonder if that's what God's trying to do all the time in an apostolic church when things start to stir and the wind, the wind, the wind starts to blow. What's maybe God trying to do from the highest mountain of eternal prosperity with God? He's opening up his mouth saying, I've already got the atmosphere. I've already got the wind. Now I'm going to let something carry upon the wind. Hey, You need blessing. And so I'm going to let the winds carry blessing to your life. Come on. That's why we worship him. That's why we praise him. That's why we shout. I haven't found all too many times unless it's been condemnatory judgment of God where we've heard from God with our hands in our pocket doing nothing to bring him here. But I'll tell you kind of what I feel like in my simple way that what we're doing is we're creating the atmosphere that his voice can carry upon and it can carry into my lost brother's home. It can carry into the hospital room. It can carry into my job circumstances somebody shall let there be no I want you to shout it with belief let there 
be? What do you want to be tonight? Do you just want the same old normal? Do you just want what you're dealing with? Why don't you just make up your mind? If you need deliverance, let there be deliverance. Let there be a move of God. Let there be power. But you see, I'm almost done. Don't you worry. You'll go eat before they close. You see, I'm feeling real comfortable tonight. And yet, to go on a little bit further, I find it remarkable that maybe he was creating the atmosphere that would encompass the purposes of his voice to carry upon. But I also found out that light doesn't need air to travel in a vacuum. And so to incorporate what God's nature is, God is light. And so God understood the only way to change the present circumstances of empty and broken and desolate and dark is to speak and and deliver what I am into the midst of the present thing. That's why when you translate to the book of John, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then the Bible said, and we beheld His glory as the only begotten of the Father, when we looked at him, we saw that initial word. We saw light that was manifest through the flesh of a man. That's why he could step into the darkness and say, be made whole. And the the darkness had to unravel. However, now I'm going to preach. Does this make sense, baby? All right. I told you I'm nervous, Bishop, because everywhere I've preached this one, nobody's been there that could really tell me if I was wrong. (laughs) But he could. However, there's a mysterious correlation between light and sound. What did I tell you before I started preaching this? I told you what I feel is trying to happen in the Holy Ghost, that we're going to have to lift this light a little higher. I'm telling you what I felt when I walked in this place and it finally made sense tonight. Uh, This church is a beacon. Uh, This church is a trendsetter. This church is going to pave the path. Uh, It's not time to diminish what we have, uh, but it's time to stand as high as we can uh, and say this big light of mine, uh, I'm going to let it shine. Mysterious correlation between light and sound and science. There are seven major colors when seen through a prism. And in music, there are seven notes in a scale. If you could actually hear the extremely high frequencies of red, yellow, and blue primary colors light waves are vibrating at, they say that you would hear a major chord. If you can see the sounds of notes in a major chord scale relative to the same rainbow scale used by light, you would see notes and chords in primary colors just like the way they're used in a chord diagram for a musician. Three parts, alto, soprano, soprano, and tenor correspond to the three primary colors. And so you have God speaking and sound travels And it spreads from its source. Without this initial sound, this acoustic sonic compression wave, nothing in science makes any sense. And nothing in the universe 
would even exist today. If you'll just let me for two more minutes bring you through the boring of the science of it, we're going to bring this to a landing. But they have come to find out that there's three fundamental premises of of theory that all matter emits a distinct tone as evidence of creation. Number two, that all matter can be manipulated by sound. And number three, that the structure of all matter can be reduced down to nothing more than simple vibration. In other words, everything in life. This pulpit that I'm standing behind, the chair that you're sitting on, the the walls that are surrounding us, the monitors that are booming, the acoustic sound, the quality of my voice, everything that is made of matter is reduced down to nothing more than molecules that are vibrating. In other words, what they have said to find is that if you have the internal ability to hear everything in life and every matter that is present, that you would hear that creation was making some tune or some sound. Could it be that that is what was being declared by Christ? That if you don't praise me, these rocks are going to cry out. In other words, no matter what we're doing, no matter what we're saying, the world is vibrating. The world is making a noise. There is a constant pulsating that goes back to the beginning of a God that spoke life into existence. Musicians, come on closing. And so one scientist said it this way. He said, truly and literally, Truly and literally, the world is a vast orchestra of pulsing vibration. He called it the music of the spheres that exist equally for the scientist as for the man of imagination. He went on to say that if you could begin to imagine what is being played by the symphony of sounds of all the matter that is vibrating, you could not say that there is not a God and there is not a causative force. In fact, they, when they began to find the atom splitter, they began to find ways to reduce the, 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 the molecule down to its smallest format. They would literally, like a big shotgun shell or a big shotgun tube, at the very end of it, they would, uh, on grand scales, create what was almost like a shotgun blast. And they would blast a pressure into an atom that was at the very end of the tube. They began to split them and smash them, trying to find out what was the glue that hold it all together. Finally, they came to find that what they looked at, they could only call pure energy, that they began to call the God matter. When they began to look at the characteristics of everything that was that that life was made out of, when they split it down to the fundamental lowest quality of what they could find, they said it doesn't make sense. But there's more power in that little God matter that we're looking at. But when they began to look at it a little bit closer, they said the only thing that we can describe is that that thing that holds it all together has the quality of a sound wave. In other words, they said when we got to looking at it it kind of looks like noise is holding this thing all together could I submit to you tonight that what's holding the world together goes back to him opening up his mouth and saying let there be 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 which tells me 
that if God can open up his mouth tonight and say let there be that it's going to hold things together and it could break things apart things that I've been praying for things that I've been waiting for if I can just get a word from God if I can not just have a feeling but I can get God to open up his mouth and declare let there be you see life as we knew it I believe played a perfect symphony of success until the fall of man was introduced to life the symphony of the colors and all the vibrations of life I believe played in a synchronized manner until the discordant note of a man disobeying God was introduced into the system and all of a sudden the chaos and the turbulence of a note out of core the dissonance that was introduced into a perfect system that's kind of what happens to a church is there's always going to be dissonance there's always going to be a note that's not quite in tune with everything else that's going on but see the key is to get a hold of the master composer whose name is Jesus Christ that stepped down from the heavens and with his little wand that he was going to tap upon the lectern of the stand of the symphony of all life tap that a few times and then instruct leprosy you have no place anymore in that man's life sickness you have no place in that man's life darkness you have no place demoniac Gadara, by the time that I play the notes and, 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 and instruct the symphony of the matters and the chords of life you're going to be clothed and in your right mind and a witness unto me so here we are tonight it could end with a sermon everybody go home and say wow what a pretty little thought or it could begin with an understanding that what God began to give to us in Acts chapter number 2 was not just an experience but it was articulation oh somebody hear me I'm not a Greek expert, but from the way that I look at it, the Bible said that when Luke was standing there, he said, suddenly I heard a sound from heaven as of. I believe that word, if I'm correct, as of, is signifying like. He's trying to explain what he's listening to. He's trying to give us an understanding of what he's hearing. In other words, I heard a sound. And the only way that I can describe what I heard was it sounded like a whole lot of Russian wind. You know where I'm going. What was it that John said, the revelator, if I'm correct and I might get it backwards, uh, but he said when I heard the voice of God, uh, he said it was like a whole lot of Russian waters. Uh, the other one, Daniel, I believe it was, said I, I heard the thunder, the voice of God like thunder. It uttered words uh, that said don't utter those things, seal them up in a book. Uh, could it have been uh, that what Luke was saying uh, is the only way I can describe what I heard uh, was it was a sound, but what if it was nothing other then the articulated voice of God sang light, 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 light. Because taking a step further, what does he say next? He said, I heard a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it hit all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of. In other words, the only way that I can explain what I saw after I heard the sound, I saw something else. Oh my. 
Brother Nathan, how do you explain a bright light in the first century? You can't talk about anything other than what you can explain it with, the motif of fire. In other words, could I submit to you that we have Genesis chapter number 1 being done all over again in the lives of people that are awaiting power? So I heard. See, that's what I'm waiting for right now. I've been waiting to hear. And then I'm waiting to see. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. If I could relay to this church what I have felt when I stepped into this service tonight... And why I feel that we can't have churches normal and we can't have businesses normal and we can't sit idly by anymore. There's something that's been trying to blanket uh, the joy, the hope, uh, the hope of everything that God's trying to do here. There's got to be a lifting. 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 There's got to be a... Oh, if you'll just let me... I hope I haven't been long. Second time to preach. If you'll just kind of let me kind of tap the wall a little bit. I'm amazed at how when evil begins to try to triumph, how people feel that that's the time to set at ease a little bit more. So he heard and he saw and all of a sudden man opens up his mouth with the only word that I can describe is nothing more than the creative articulation of the divine spirit of God the evidence of a new heart that was given and out of the abundance of the heart man speaketh and man begins to speak with another tongue. And Paul turned around and said, here's what I want the church to do. Speaking those things that are not as though they are. You want to know what Paul was saying? Begin to exercise the creative articulation God gave you. Well, I'm going through hell right now. Go ahead, speak your negative. Speak what your problem is. Or how about tonight, I've come out of it. How about, no, I'm not going through all these health problems, but tonight, I'm going to open up my mouth and I'm going to declare no more. Not tonight. We're overcoming. We're getting through this. We're going to get out of this. We're going to go higher, bigger, greater, stronger. Let's stand. Let's stand. Think I'm crazy about what I'm going to do? And I probably will, and you might change your mind about hooking up again. Who knows? You might, you know, there's always the risk of ministry, I'll tell you. If I don't have the word, I ain't got nothing. Abraham fought buzzards. 
his stars. I'm telling you right now, Brother Nathan, it hasn't been the feeling that has kept me. Ah, I love the Holy Ghost. But when I've sat all by myself in prayer and life's been falling apart, there's still the glue of that word from God. The reason a lot of us have nothing to shout about is because we don't have a word to shout about. The reason a lot of us can't stay committed and consecrated and consistent is because we don't have a word that's holding it all together. I've had those moments where I said, I don't feel like going to church tonight. But that word, whoo, I got to get there. Because last time that I almost skipped when I went, my word came. So this is going to be a little crazy. I'm different. If you ain't figured it out yet, I'm just different. But I'm going back to what God reminded me of two years ago. Stop trying to direct the wind. Preach the word. And if my word's not enough, it's not your problem, preacher. It's not what you're trying to do that's the problem. If my word isn't enough to move somebody to a place of saying, God, whatever it takes, I'll fight for it. So I'm going to do something totally different that Pentecost is not used to. And I do it everywhere I go. In some places they don't ever ask me back because it makes them uncomfortable. No music. See what happens. Now, can I be real right now? Now, somebody needs to help me too. Why can't we do this without that? We can. Then why don't we? I know this breaks the paradigm of what we're used to, but I felt like God came with the word from God and said, I didn't need you to turn your music up. I didn't need you to play the drums any louder. I need you to hold the word a little higher. I need you to hold the light a little higher without anything to have to support it. So I felt this. Bishop, you've done this a long time. You know where I'm standing right now. It ain't fun. I want my elders to come. Come on, elders. All my elders, come on. I'm going to tell you what I felt walking in this place. There's a foundation here that I don't feel a lot of places. Come on, elders. 
Come on, right up here. Come on, I want you front and center. Come on. You know what they lived on? They didn't have all this fancy stuff. My heroes built churches with a word from God. Let me tell you something, elders. Please, for the sake of this young generation, stop feeling like you're too loud or you need to slip into the corner. I need you. And this is just kind of what I felt. I don't know why. But would you show us how y'all used to do it when you didn't have all this? Would you show me? I know it's been a long time and we've pushed you into the corner a little bit in our generation. But would you show me how those spontaneous prayer meetings used to start because you had a word from God? Would you show me that no matter how long you worked, it didn't matter if there was two services, you were going to come. It didn't matter if there was three prayer meetings, you were going to come. Would you teach my generation how to do that again? I'm getting pushed into an impotent corner of Pentecost that is producing nothing but feeling and sound and the noises of artificial praise. Give me the word of God. Give me a word of prayer. Give me the word. Come on, elders, step in. I I don't want to keep you. If you need to sit down, please, we... Step in closer. Come closer to me. We need you. Somebody grab a few chairs. Come on, grab me a few chairs. The French. I miss the days where Nona Freeman would just sit down in a chair. And just talk from her heart what she heard from God. I hope this isn't making some of you uncomfortable, but I'm telling you right now in the Holy Ghost, if I've ever been in the Holy Ghost, I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. Please teach me how to pray through.
there any young people in this room, even young marrieds, that you admit you're stagnant with God right now? That forget pride, you'll step out right now from where you are and come stand in front of these elders. I'm talking to some married people right now too. Come on, there ain't nothing wrong with admitting maybe I've lost a little bit of my track. Come on, press in. Make it appropriate. Come on, just, just press in. Come on, y'all can join us if you want. Baby, will you get in there for us? Now, anybody in this place, anybody else in this place, I want you to step out right from where you are. I want you to crowd around this altar. Come on, press in. Come on, press in. Come on, press in. Press in. Elders, there's chairs behind you. Some of you, if you need to sit, you sit. But I'm telling you, I need some of you men and some of you women. Pick back up intercessory prayer again. Pick back up what you've always had. This generation's losing it. We need to get a hold of a word from God again. Right now in this place, everywhere in this house, I want you to lift up your voice. I want creative articulation. I don't want quietness. I want you to begin to lift up your voice. Those of you that haven't had a prayer life, I want you to say, God, help me to pray through. Help me to pray through. Help me to pray through. I need a word. I need a word. 